Welcome to another edition of the AV Podcast. Anthony V. Hill with you, and what a weekend it was in the NFL. Wild card weekend, and all four games this weekend. Absolutely phenomenal. And we'll begin right away. We'll start with the first game of the wild card weekend, the Bills and the Texans, as the Bills blew a 16-point lead, giving the Texans a 22-19 win and a crazy final two minutes of regulation in that one. And you go back with a minute 43 left, the Bills driving, perhaps trying to get a chance to win the game, uh, but they are get they get sacked, fourth and 27, and instead of going for a long field goal, they decide to go for it. And then you fast forward to a minute 16 where the Texans get the ball, and the Texans have a fourth and one, and they decided not to kick a long field goal. They tried to end the game right there and give credit to that Bills defense. They did not give up an inch of grass on that play. So they turned it over back to the Bills. So here we go. They had a chance again to tie it or win it. And a minute 04 left as Josh Allen, he had a wide opening as he ran with the football. And then he lateraled the football. And it thankfully for the Bills got batted out of bounds. And I'm not really sure why he did that we saw a lot of good and a lot of bad out of Josh Allen in his first career playoff start and that was a head shaker right there but uh, luckily for him uh, it went out of balance and the Texans didn't recover it and then you move ahead to 35 seconds left and Bradley Roby dropped what would have been a game-ending interception and so the Texans Really could have ended it right there, but here we go. The Bills with what another chance, and Cole Beasley's catch under t- uh, with 21 seconds, and they actually reviewed it, the spot, and it was ruled a first down to kept, keep the drive going for the Buffalo Bills. And then with five seconds left, Stephen Hauschka makes a game-tying 47-yard field goal, and the game goes into overtime, which it did not look like that would be the case. Certainly going back to a minute 43 when the Bills were sacked on a 4th and 27, but uh, got to overtime, and again, it went deep into overtime, and Josh Allen, as I mentioned earlier, his first career start in the playoffs, and early in the game, he looked really well. I mean, the the offense looked, it was rolling. Uh, Singletary was running the ball absolutely phenomenal. Uh, He was able to keep drives extended by converting on third downs. You know, they were eating away at the clock, really getting that Texans defense tired, And, you know, taking the game out of Josh Allen's hand, you know, not put him in in big moments, uh, but he did, you know, he had some turnovers um, and really just made some costly mistakes. And you expect that from a quarterback making his first career NFL start. But give credit to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, They've got something going really well up there in Buffalo with Sean McDermott. Uh, They have been on the rise the past couple of seasons, even since they hired Sean McDermott. And I certainly expect them to perhaps contend for that division next year, as, of course, there's a lot of question marks surrounding the New England Patriots. And the Bills, they may be that team to step ahead and take that division for the first time in a long time. But uh, a good season for the Buffalo Bills and uh, the Texans. Well, they finally won a wild card game as they have ha- they've been in the wild card for the past 5 seasons but they really haven't been able to win and they've had these wild card games at home but unable to do so but give credit to Deshaun Watson what a game he had uh he played really well the offense in the first half was was stale it it was not 
getting going at all. They had a hard time converting third downs, keeping drives going. Uh, but J.J. Watt, he definitely played a role in that game. Uh, he didn't play every snap on the defensive side of the ball, uh, but he was in there enough to disrupt that Buffalo Bills offensive line and uh, certainly looked good for him coming back. Of course, he was on the IR for most of the second half of the season and able to come back from that torn pec injury. But the Texans, they continue on in the playoffs, so we'll talk about their matchup coming up in just a bit. But the other Saturday game, the Titans and the Patriots, and the Titans winning that one 20-13. And I mentioned it before, Derrick Henry had to have a big game in order for the Titans to have a chance, and boy did he have a game. 34 carries for 182 yards and one touchdown. And it, it just seemed like that's all the Texan or the Titans offense was, was Derrick Henry running the football. And that's practically what it was because Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback, he only had 15 pass attempts and he completed eight of those attempts for just 72 yards. So it was obvious that the tech, the Titans were going to run the football run it down there, the Patriots throw, and that's exactly what they did. And the Patriots did not have an answer for that. They did make a little bit of adjustment at halftime uh, by stacking the box, but still they were the Titans were able to get past that box and pick up big yards with Derrick Henry. And just an absolute unbelievable game for Derrick Henry. And give credit to Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Titans, his first career playoff game as a head coach, and he won it. He won it on the road. He defeated defeated the defending champions and beat his former coach. So a really good win for Mike Vrabel and that Tennessee Titans organization. And for the first time since 2010, the Patriots fell to reach the AFC championship game. And again, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of questions going into the offseason for the New England Patriots. And the number one question is, will Tom Brady re-sign with the Patriots? Of course, He's a free agent, which I don't know how you let Tom Brady become a free agent in the first place, uh, but he is. And Brady has said that he's not going to take a hometown discount anymore. And Brady has done that in his career. You know, he he wants to spread the money out to get other players on the team. And he's done that for a number of years now, but he said he's not going to do that uh, for this next contract. And Right now, he's number 14 as far as the highest paid contracts in the NFL. And specifically, the quarterbacks who are making the most money, well, that belongs to Russell Wilson making $35 million, uh, Ben Roethlisberger at $34 million, Aaron Rodgers $33.5, Jared Goff the same, and then Carson Wentz at $32 million a year. And you take those five quarterbacks, and they have a combined three Super Bowl wins. And then you're talking about a guy like Tom Brady who has six and who is the best quarterback of all time in the NFL. And of course, he deserves to be the highest paid player in the NFL. There's no question about it. When you win six championships, uh, absolutely, you deserve to be the highest paid player in NFL history. So we'll see if the Patriots are willing to do that and, you know, there may be some tension between Belichick and the Crafts. I think the Crafts want Brady. They want him to retire as a Patriot. Uh, but Bill Belichick, on the other hand, you know, Bill Belichick, he, he doesn't care who you are or what you have done. If it's not a right business decision, he's going to cut you. He's, he's not going to re-sign you. That's just how Bill Belichick is. So there might be some tension between Belichick and the Crafts and 
if Belichick doesn't want Brady and the Crafts do, I certainly would think the Crafts would override that decision. And then you've got a weird situation going into the season where, again, the Crafts want Brady. Belichick may not want him. Uh, you know, he may want to move forward, getting a new quarterback, these young quarterbacks, because there's no question that the NFL is changing at the quarterback position. Uh, you take a look at, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, of course, Lamar Jackson, quarterbacks who are able to not only beat you with their arm, but also with their legs. And of course, we know Brady, he's up there in age. He's not going to beat you with his legs. Um, and they need pieces around him in order to, for Tom Brady to perform at a high level. And this season, he did not perform at a high level at all. That offense was horrible all season long. And uh, so it, there's a lot of questions. I don't think Brady retires. There's three options. He retires, he re-signs with the Patriots, or he signs with another team. And I think that first option of him retiring is out of the out of the question. I don't think he retires. He's not going to retire with his last pass in the NFL being a pick six. I, I just don't think he rides off with that uh, in his pocket. But we'll have to see. There are some teams who may be interested, uh, the Chargers, uh, the, the Colts, perhaps, even the Bears, maybe the Cowboys. Uh, there are some teams that could certainly be in the market for someone like a Tom Brady. And again, we talk about Brady... Can we see him in another jersey? And we've seen it before in the NFL. You take Joe Montana. He didn't finish his career in San Francisco. Brett Favre didn't finish his career in Green Bay. And, of course, Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. He finished in Denver and won a Super Bowl in Denver. So we've seen it before. We've seen, look, those three quarterbacks that I just mentioned, they're all Hall of Famers. And it's happened before. Uh... The only difference this time is we're talking about a quarterback who has won six Super Bowls. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he signs with another team, um, but we'll see. Wh wherever he signs, assuming he plays again next season, uh, it's going to be a big contract as far as the money goes because he deserves to be paid, and I think teams are going to pay him what he asks for, and uh, they would be smart to do so. But uh, we'll see what happens up there in New England this off season. Okay, the Vikings and Saints game, and that was another thriller game as the Vikings won down in New Orleans 26-20 to in overtime, and no one gave the Minnesota Vikings a chance to win that game in New Orleans. And I was on record last week. I said I like that matchup. I said Michael Thomas, uh, you know, Mike Zimmer is not going to let one receiver beat him, and that certainly was the case as they practically shut down Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara wasn't hardly a factor in that game at all. And Drew Brees, they made Drew Brees uncomfortable in the pocket by getting to him. They had a great pass, uh, pass rush defense, uh, the Vikings did. And Kirk Cousins, a game that he really had to win uh, because we talk about him. Was he worth that big contract that he got from the Vikings? Has he really won any big games? Uh, we know his record on Monday Night Football, 0-9. Um, really a big game, and it seemed like all the odds were going against him in this game. But uh, on the game-winning drive, he was 4 for 5, 63 yards, and a touchdown, of course, to Kyle Rudolph at the back of the end zone for the game-winning drive. And uh, a big game for him. Uh, I think it gave him a lot of confidence going ahead, uh, knowing that, look, I can go on the road and win in one of the toughest places there is in the NFL in New Orleans. Uh, as the number six seed, and uh, they certainly played well in that one. The defense, they were banged up in the secondary, 
But again, that defensive line, they put pressure on Drew Brees and that, that was the key because they were able to get pressure uh, to Drew Brees. They were able to force him out of the pocket and sack him a couple of times and even uh, force him uh, fumbling the football. And the Vikings, well, they're two and four in their last six playoff games, but they're, those two wins are against the Saints. So the Vikings have the Saints number when it comes to the playoffs. And, uh, you know, there's a big question. Was there pass interference on that game-winning touchdown from Kyle Rudolph? I don't think there was. I think it was a good non-call. You know, they were both players were hand-fighting uh, when the ball was in the air. There was a bit of an extension by Kyle Rudolph. But again, it, it's not to the level that has been called this season. And they have, and Al Riveron has said, we have been consistent with leaving the ruling on the field. And that's what they did. And um, I don't think it was pass interference. I don't think it was enough contact uh, for it to be a pass interference call. And of course, Saints fans are going to say it was pass interference because of what happened to them last year in the NFC title game. But uh, I, I think it was a good non-call uh, by the referees. And Drew Brees, well, with the loss, he's 8-8 eight and eight in postseason play, and that's the second worst winning percentage among quarterbacks with at least 15 starts in the playoffs. So uh, really not that good of a playoff record for Drew Brees and a team that a lot of people expected to certainly make a deep run into the playoffs, if not go all the way to the Super Bowl. But you talk about the other player on the, the Saints team, Taysom Hill, what a game. This guy is so much fun to watch. Uh, 50 rushing yards on four carries. He had two receptions on two targets for 25 yards and one touchdown. And he had the key block on the Camara touchdown uh, run. And then he was one for one passing. And that was a 50-yard touchdown pass that set up that touchdown for Camara. And uh, you talk about a jack-of-all-trades player. Man, he is. He is. He's just... If you're Drew, if you're the Saints, just incorporate him more into the game plan because he's going to give it all you got. This guy is he's on defense sometimes. He's lining up at quarterback, at wide receiver. He's making tackles on special teams, on punts, and he's just a fun player to watch. And uh, uh, he certainly had a, a good game against the Vikings and the Vi uh, the Saints. Well, they are the first 13-win team in NFL history to lose on Wild Card Weekend. So a tough ending once again for the New Orleans Saints in the playoffs. Okay, and then the final game on Wild Card Weekend, another good one, the Seahawks and the Eagles, as the Seahawks won at 17-9, and the Seahawks improved to 6-0 versus the Eagles under Pete Carroll. And we knew that the Eagles... You know, they weren't favored in that one. They had a lot of injuries. Darren Sproles, Jordan Howard, Corey Clement, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Malik Jackson, Ronald Darby among those injured. And then, of course, Carson Wentz. You feel for him. He was, you know, injured in the first quarter. And here's a guy who really was healthy all season long, which was a change for him. Uh, he's usually dealt with a lot of injuries, but he stays healthy all season long. He finally gets to play in a playoff game at home, and then he gets injured in the first quarter. And it was just, you know, it's just something you don't want to see. And uh, it wasn't a dirty play by Jadavian Clowney. It's just an unfortunate hit, the back of the head. And then, of course, his head uh, hit the ground and uh, took him out of the game. And Josh McCown came in, and, of course, McCown hadn't played all season and here's a guy who came out of retirement, was working for ESPN. He was coaching his son's high school football team. And uh, 
you know, thrown into the fire at the very last second and a playoff game. And we saw the emotion out of him after the loss on Sunday. But, uh, you know, I mean, we didn't expect this magical run to last very long. I thought they might have had a decent chance against the Eagles if, uh, or against the Seahawks rather, if Carson Wentz was in the game. But of course, when he goes down, uh, it just didn't look right. The offense got limited a bit because of the fact that McCown hadn't played all season. So a really tough situation for them, but uh, really a magical run for the Philadelphia Eagles as they, of course, ended the regular season with a four-game winning streak to get to that situation and uh, certainly expect uh, them to compete next year again for that division. So that all sets up a great weekend in the divisional round as, again, Minnesota they travel to San Francisco to kick off divisional weekend. And again, if Minnesota, if their defense can play as well as they did against the Saints, they certainly have a chance. Um, again, we talk about wildcard teams who have gone on to win the Super Bowl. It has been done before. The most recent team of that, of course, the Green Bay Packers back in 2010. Uh, and San Francisco is a team that has lost at home. You know, they lost to Seattle at home. They've lost to Atlanta at home. Um, so they are, they have been exposed at home this season. And so we'll see if Mike Zimmer can draw up another game, great game plan defensively. And uh, if they can be balanced offensively with Delvin Cook. And of course, we know what they got with Kyle Rudolph to Stefan Diggs. Um, so I like Minnesota's chances, but they gotta, they gotta set that defense early. They gotta get to Jimmy Garoppolo, make him uncomfortable, make him, uh, force the issue and hopefully for Minnesota, have him make some mistakes. And I think Minnesota, if they can do that, they certainly have a chance against San Francisco. And then the other Saturday game in the divisional round, Tennessee goes up to Baltimore, and we know what Tennessee's going to do. They're going to run the football with Derrick Henry. And we'll see with Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore, here's a team who they rested their starters week 17, and then, of course, they had off last week. And so, you know, this was an offense that was rolling. I mean, they were absolutely on a roll. And, you know, will they be a little rusty coming out of this one? Uh, and they, it might be. They might be a little rusty to begin the game. Uh, so we'll see how uh, Mike Vrabel is able to dial up a game plan. We know he's a defensive-minded coach. Um, but that should be a good matchup there in Baltimore. The Sunday games... Uh, Houston goes to Kansas City. Of course, Houston almost won in Kansas City earlier this season. Uh, but the Chiefs, they are rolling right now. Great offense and the defense playing a lot better, as I have talked about in the past. Uh, so that should be a great matchup. Two great young quarterbacks. And, of course, the Bears probably Bears fans are going to be sitting at home shaking their head because they could have had either one of those quarterbacks. Uh, but uh, that should be a fascinating matchup. And then the... Night capper on Sunday, the Seahawks and the Packers, and I like the Seahawks' chances in that one. I don't think anyone really is afraid to go up to Green Bay because Green Bay, again, you go back to their Week 17 game against the Lions, and the offense just looked horrible. They could not get anything going, and uh, it wasn't until the very end where they started to wake up, and the Packers really... I, you know, they're an up and down team for me offensively. One game, they look absolutely uh, the top of the league, like the best offense in the NFL. And then one game, like for instance, the Detroit game, where they put up a goose egg. And so I just don't know what offense we're going to get. And uh, the Seahawks defense, again, 
like the Minnesota game, the Minnesota Vikings, if their defense can play as well as they did last weekend, they certainly have a chance. Jadavion Clowney, if he can get some pressure uh, on Aaron Rodgers, make him out of the, you know, get him out of the pocket. Um, I think that's a a good matchup for Seattle. So it should be a good weekend in the in football. Of course, the divisional round always great matchups in the NFL. As we are down to the final eight teams for the playoffs in the NFL. Okay, some other notes around the NFL. Ron Rivera hired as the head coach in Washington, and Jack Del Rio hired as the defensive coordinator. So we'll see if they can try to turn things around there in Washington. Of course, they have the number two overall pick, and it looks like Chase Young may be going to the Washington Redskins. And boy, what a player he is out of Ohio State. And uh, of course, they already have Dwayne Haskins, the former Buckeye. So we could have a couple of really good Buckeye players on their team next season. Mike McCarthy hired as the head coach in Dallas. As, of course, he was the former Green Bay Packers head coach out of football for a year. And then Wade Phillips, he will not return as the defensive coordinator for the Rams. And uh, let's see here now with just uh, the Giants now. They are finalizing a deal to make Patriots wide receiver coach Joe, Joe Judge as their next head coach. And that's according to Adam Schefter. So, uh, of course, earlier, the Panthers, they agreed to hire... Baylor's Matt Rule as their head coach and Matt Rule was a guy who was high on the Giants head coaching search but uh, the Panthers were able to hire him but it looks like the Giants have found their head coach and that only leaves with one team now the Cleveland Browns and maybe Josh McDaniels will go there finally getting perhaps his chance as head coach and uh, we other notes quarterbacks where are they going to go I think there's going to be a lot of moving parts for quarterbacks this year of course Philip Rivers will he stay in Los Angeles it doesn't look like that'll be the case Tom Brady in New England I think there's still a chance that he could stay in New England uh, Jameis Winston do the Buccaneers bring him back um, of course Eli Manning where does he go if not retire uh, Andy Dalton assuming that the Bengals take Joe Burrow with the number one overall pick in the draft I still think Andy Dalton has a couple of good seasons left in him and there's certainly a number of teams who could I think use Andy Dolan because again I think he still has a couple of good seasons left in him uh, as a starting quarterback in the NFL and then of course the situation with the Browns and Jimmy Haslam he is the biggest joke in the NFL here's a guy who has fired countless head coaches and general managers and paid them millions of dollars to sit at home and not fulfill their contracts and now he parts ways with John Dorsey due to disagreements on the future structure of the organization and clearly the structure isn't working and the Cleveland Browns will continue to be the laughing stock in the NFL under Haslam I just don't understand why they would fire John Dorsey I thought he was a great pickup as a general manager a couple seasons ago uh, but boy it's just another it's just it's like a circus in Cleveland and uh, they got a lot of question marks as to who their head coach is going to be their general manager, who is Mayfield, their guy. Um, a lot of question marks surrounding the Cleveland Browns. Okay, that'll do it for this week's podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Vito. This has been the AV Podcast.